Hey team, welcome back to episode 26. Um, we have a little bit of a different format this week because we took a very exciting trip last weekend. Um, originally, and I think we might have said that we were going to do it this way, the plan was that we were going to record while we were on our trip, but to be quite honest with you, we were out and about and doing things, and then by the time we got back to the Airbnb, we were two tired ladies who just wanted to sit on the sofa and roast vacation rentals on Netflix, so <laughs> not too sorry, to be quite honest. That and we had to walk uphill both ways to literally everything, oh, so. God. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know what, in a mountain town, you would think that that's something that I would have expected, but, like, I've been to, like, Estes Park and a few other places in Colorado that are also mountain towns, but apparently Arkansas mountain towns are a different breed, um, <laughs> because literally nothing is leveled out. It is just treacherous uphill and downhill, no elevators, all stairs. It's, it's, I got a good workout in. I did, too. I can feel, like, my calves are significantly harder than when I left. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel a little bit better about the amount of just, like, shit we ate. Well, to be fair, we did eat pretty... We ate pretty healthy, I feel. You know what? As compared to what I was expecting of that trip, like, we didn't get... Well, we did get funnel cake once. The little funnel cake sticks. Yeah. But we didn't actually go to the funnel cake stand and just eat funnel cake, which could have happened very easily. Or corn dogs. Or corn dogs. For me, I feel like we were doing so much physical activity that the thought of, like, walking up and down a mountain, but also, like, filling my body with just, like, <laughs> grease and sugar, like, I would have shat myself. I mean, yeah, I kind of agree with that. And, like, this is coming from a person that eats Taco Bell four days a week, like. Yeah. We did round it out with a nice meal at McDonald's, though, after the true. trip. True. Very, very true. We compensated for that. But, yeah, I guess we should probably tell them what we did and where we went so we went to the crescent hotel in eureka springs arkansas and they call themselves and i don't know you know if this is true or how they determined this but the most haunted hotel in america i don't know if you can i is there a metric for determining hauntings in a hotel you know what i think that they just like measure with your heart and they're like <laughs> we have the most <laughs> we have the most ghosts here they i think they were one of the first to capitalize on it yeah that's probably probably true before a certain time a lot of places would be like haunted but they wouldn't advertise their hotel as haunted they'd have like oh mm -hmm. this is the haunted other place you can't stay there but now it's like actually a destination for a lot of people as it was for us so mm -hmm. I think they were just the first to market on it and to right. make that the basis of their uh, hotelier experience. I feel like it wasn't until and anyone that's older than me who was born in 91, please feel free to chime in and correct. But I don't feel like paranormal tourism was really much of a thing until like the last decade or two when like all the ghost hunting shows and stuff started coming out. Now there's like a plethora of places that you can go and be like staying in a haunted hotel and they just like proudly advertise it. Mm hmm. Well, I mean, for most people, for your general public, like, when we went to the hotel, I feel like there was a lot of Gen Zers there that I wasn't expecting. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. you have some older folks that are just kind of like, oh, it's a cute little hotel, and it might get a spook mm -hmm. from a ghost. But the Gen Zers <laughs> that were there and the young couples and stuff, I was kind of surprised because, yeah. I mean, I've been there before, but I didn't expect, I don't know, I didn't expect it to be kind of popular, but it was hopping, definitely. It was. Well, and I, <laughs> this really doesn't have a whole lot to do with anything. It's just, it stuck out with me. There must have been some sort of, like, American Legion or some sort of, like, party going on in the ballroom that night. And so Ashley and I, it was probably, like, I don't know, 10, maybe 11. We were getting on the elevator up to our room. And this elderly couple, so cute, they get on the elevator with us. But you can tell the old man is just absolutely sloshed. <laughs> like, he is wasted. And so he's talking to us. And those of you listening... And not watching on YouTube, like, you're just gonna have to use your imagination. But as he was talking, he was, like, sort of poking his little tongue out and just, like, licking his lips. And so, I'm gonna demonstrate. Ashley is demonstrating right now. But it was like, <laughs> where are you girls from? <laughs> and he would, like, lick his lips weird and, like, go back and forth. And I feel like his wife was maybe a little bit embarrassed, but you could tell she was very drunk, too. And it was a perfectly pleasant conversation. 
Yeah. Um, but just this little fucking old man, just like his little tongue was like aggressively like back and forth like. Uh, <laughs> it's, it I, was uh, creepy, but also like kind of, oh, you're a cute old man. Well, yeah, I didn't get necessarily like creepy vibes from him. I didn't think mm-hmm. he was being like that. I think he was just like drunk and probably a mouth breather. Yeah. And that's just how he like manages, <laughs> like hides his mouth breathing. He's like, I'm going to lick my mm-hmm. lips surprisingly everyone that we came across or at least I came across was very friendly everybody was very Mm -hmm. chatty and it was like a nice little hotel experience for Mm -hmm. that yeah it was very very cute also there was a hotel cat named Jackson was it Jasper 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 oh such a handsome gentleman he was definitely done with everybody's shit though yeah. Well, and you could tell, like, especially in October, most of the people that were there, if you got into an elevator with them, they'd be like, have you seen any ghosts? Like, mm-hmm. you could, it's very much, I, I don't know if it says what year round, I would imagine it probably is, but during October in particular, you can tell people are like, oh my god, we're gonna go and, like, find a ghost. It's Halloween and spooky, so mm-hmm. it was pretty neat. And the hotel itself was very, very cute. Yeah. Well, and it's, like, fully decorated out with Victorian furnishings, even the hotel rooms. The one thing about it is that it's extremely crooked, though. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) when you go in, like, the main hallways and, like, lobby area of the hotel, you can tell they probably, when they did renovations, like, leveled it back off and stuff. But the second you go into, like, our hotel room in particular, it's like you're standing on an incline. So you can just be walking around your hotel room and just feel like you're just really (laughs) drunk because you're trying to walk around both in the hotel and in the Airbnb we stayed in the following two nights. When I got in the shower, mind you, we, uh, one of the nights we got a little bit drunk, but (laughs) the other two nights, I literally, one of the days, got into the shower and, like, nearly fell over into the shower curtain and ripped it down because it was so unlevel that I was just not, I was, like, off kilter for sure. And I don't know if it was because maybe it was in the morning and I was just fucking, like, not in my prime or I feel like it was just because everything was just really not leveled off at all. Well, and I think it, it was the Airbnb, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the Airbnb because it was, like, the, I think maybe the last morning we were there I got in the shower and I was like, oh, my God, I just about literally ripped down the shower curtain rod. Well, the shower curtain there was also really dark, and it was, like, very disorienting Mm -hmm. to go into this from very bright bathroom into, like, the very dark shower. So I feel like that might have also been part of it, because I remember getting in, I was like, well, this is a little messing with my head a little bit. It's like you're literally in in a closet with the lights off, but you're showering and, like, trying not to die. Yeah. Also... A gripe about the Airbnb is that uh, it was a very steep flight of stairs <laughs> to have to walk up and down. And man, oh man, I would would really have loved an elevator, but I'm also, you know, out of shape, so I could have, you know, maybe stood to do the stairs. But they were very steep stairs, not just stairs. They were steep, mm-hmm. especially when carrying luggage. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) I did message the Airbnb host. They haven't responded to me yet, but I was like, hey, like, just out of curiosity, was there, like, a freight elevator or any sort of, you know, handicap accessibility? Because, I like, this whole town, if you are in a wheelchair, just, like, be prepared to die in a house fire because there is, like, (laughs) you're you're fucked. There's no elevators. There's very steep stairs, lots of hills with uneven sidewalks. If you're, you know, someone that has difficulty with mobility, do not recommend Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Like... It's a lovely place, but it is going to be very uncomfortable for you. Well, the Crescent, the Crescent Hotel is better because it does have an elevator. The Crescent, yeah. Yeah, like they have, instead of having stairs, I mean, they have stairs and most people take the stairs because it's really, their stairs aren't as bad because they're rich people's stairs. You can definitely tell they're wider, not as much of a lift on the stairs. If you do have mobility issues, maybe stay to the Crescent Hotel. There's plenty to Mm -hmm. do there. Like you'll be able to get around. But yeah, right. the town is treacherous. There were grannies mm-hmm. with walking sticks and nobody was making fun of them because everyone else was just utterly jealous. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, when we were in that parking lot, I saw the lady with her two hiking sticks. I'm like, okay, lady. But then we saw her out and about in the town later and I'm like huffing and puffing, like getting up this hill. I'm like, that lady's got the stinking hiking sticks and she looks like she is just having the time of her life. So <laughs> I'm very jealous. She came prepared. She understood the assignment. Mm-hmm. She aced the assignment, as far as I'm concerned. She's been there before. She's a seasoned pro, I have to assume. 
Well, and we were talking about like, oh, you know, before we went on the trip, maybe we could go for a hike or something. No, we didn't need to go for a hike. Mm -mm. The town was the hike. Yeah. And it's funny because there's like little sections that you can actually go and like hike a little portion of like woods and stuff and then come back right into town. You're like, okay, that that was enough Mm -hmm. nature for me today. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It was very beautiful, but oh my god, I didn't realize just how out of shape I was until we visited and now I'm like, maybe I should get on that treadmill. Um, But spoiler alert, I did not do that a single time in the week that we've been back. I actually got on the treadmill the other night and um, I think that my sports bra was too tight because I thought I was having heart palpitations, but then I loosened my sports bra and it was fine. So shortness of breath. I was like, is this it? Is this what takes me? And then I got chicken nuggets because I was like, if if I'm going to go let my last meal be chicken nuggets at least. Right. (laughs) Man. Okay. On the topic of chicken nuggets and then back to the crescent. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, God, this is such, why am I telling you guys this? So, hy the local, well, it's like a Midwestern grocery chain for anyone that's listening out of the Midwest, they have this, like, really delicious store brand of popcorn chicken nuggets from the freezer aisle, and they're so good. Um, they were out of them this week, and so I had to eat the crappy Tyson popcorn chicken nuggets, and I am about ready to riot. It was just not the same experience, and I just need you guys to know that the chicken nuggets from hy Specifically, the frozen popcorn chicken nuggets and the red bag are top tier in the air fryer. That's okay. I went to Walmart to pick up a grocery order today, and instead of taco seasoning, they gave me roast beef seasoning. And also, when I drove up, they said, "Uh, we're so sorry. All of our orders today accidentally got wasted because someone thought that they were from yesterday, and they threw them all out. And so... No. I was like... Seriously? Seriously? Did they reshop it while you were waiting? Yeah, but it took like half an hour. Mm. I felt kind of bad because it's like I could have just gone in and done it, but then I was like, well, I placed this order a week ago, so. Right. And most of it was non-perishables, so it's like grocery stores just really be messing up this week, and I'm going to blame it on the Mm -hmm. full moon. There you go. It's got to be it. All right, shall we get back to the crescent? Yeah, so I do have um, a little write-up here on, like, the history of it, and then maybe we can talk about the ghostly happenings. Mm -hmm. So I will just roll into it, because I think I should have just been a history teacher, Um, except (laughs) for probably not, because I'd be like, you know what, fuck the American Revolution, let's talk about the history of this haunted hotel. So (laughs) anyways, back on track. So the Crescent, it was built by what was called the Eureka Springs Improvement Company, and the Frisco Railroad. So it's located on 27 acres that are at the north end of the West Mountain and the Ozarks, Um, specifically the Ozark Mountains, not the lake. And it was chosen because of its location overlooking the valley, which unfortunately we didn't get a great view of because when we arrived, it was very foggy. Perfect for spooky fall vibes. That was great. But you couldn't really see a whole heck of a lot. It was still, you know, very pretty. Anyways, at the time that the hotel was built, Eureka Springs had this reputation for having, quote unquote, healing waters. And so the Ozarks became, like, very well known across the country for, like, these, quote unquote, healing waters. Spoiler alert. The reason people thought that is because this was, like, sacred, like, very sacred ground for Native Americans. Like, there was even you know, intertribe just different, like, uh, treaties and things because it was such sacred ground that there would be, like, no fighting, no infighting, no battles between tribes on this land because all of the regional tribes were just like, yeah, this is our, this is our shit. That's where this whole healing waters things come from. Uh, spoiler alert why people are going to come in and ruin that. People from, like, near and far, they begin, like, swarming to this area in hopes of curing different, like, ailments and diseases And so the developers of the Crescent Hotel and Spa, they're like, we're going to take advantage of this and just build a very luxurious resort to capitalize on this big boom that's happening in the town. Powell Clayton, he is a former governor of Arkansas. He forms that Eureka Springs Improvement Committee that we talked about earlier in hopes of taking advantage of this, like, time of prosperity that's happening. So I think that when we went on the ghost tour, the lady said that this town or area went from about like she said I think 2,000 people to like 
15,000 mm-hmm. in the span of like literally two to three years because people were just like moving in and just like really gung-ho on this fucking healing water. Well, and part of the problem was that, like, they had this healing water, but then, like, everyone was moving to the area, so it was, like, people mm-hmm. were setting up shacks wherever they could find because there wasn't really any claim yeah. to the land other than the Native Americans, which obviously mm-hmm. we just kick them out because white people be like that. So mm-hmm. the other issue was, like, they had to set up this improvement company because people were just setting up latrines and outhouses next to drinking water and... It was just a mess, and people were being real stupid, as people are wont to do, so. Yeah. Rich Mr. Governor of Arkansas, Mr. Powell, he's like, we're gonna make this place a place. So, he is, like, talking to his rich buddies, and eventually the investors, the Frisco Railroad. This railroad, it was basically, from what the sounds of it, it was mostly, like, a tourism line that just operates within the Midwest and the South Central United States. So it ran from, like, 1876 to, I believe, like, the late 70s or early 80s, 1980s. You know, they get this Frisco Railroad in on the plan, and they are just like, yeah, we're going to make this a resort town. We're going to run a railroad railroad line, like, straight to Eureka Springs. And they were making that big, bougie tourism money, baby. So, with this investment bag secured, they are working, or started working on construction, so, like, they really want this to be a hot spot, like, a fancy destination for people to come to, like, the wealthy, the fabulous, the rich, the celebrities of the time. So, in order to do that, they're like, well, we Americans don't have the culture, so we're going to fly in stonemasons from Ireland to begin construction in 1884, because this was before everyone's like, it has to be made in America. Um, not sure why we couldn't, because, you know, looking at the building, it is a very fancy, fancy, fantastic building, but, like, it's not anything super intricate in the stonework, so, I don't know, not entirely sure why they did that. Anyways, not important. (laughs) So, construction, (laughs) they start building this hotel in 1884, and due to the density of the magnesium and the limestone that's used in the hotel, they had to use special wagons that they constructed to move these pieces of stone from a quarry site on this river. And so maybe that's why they needed the stonemasons because they like had specialized knowledge on how to use this stuff. But it's basically built in like a just different array of architectural styles. So the masons, they built 18 inch walls, a ton of towers, balconies, this huge stone fireplace in the lobby that's still there today. And it is huge and pretty impressive. So the construction takes about two years and more and more workmen are hired as like electrical lights and modern plumbing, things like that want to be added to this hotel. And so in the end, the construction cost ends up being $294,000 to build, which for the time is pretty extravagant. So it's somewhere around like $8.6 million today. Finally, in May of 1886, the hotel, it opens, and then this local newspaper is calling it America's most luxurious resort hotel. Just like they wanted, all these celebrities and socialites from across the country attended its grand opening, which included, like, a gala ball. Gala? Gala? Do we know? Met Gala? Met Gala. Gala. You can call it gala, but that's, like, theater. It's just, like, a more pretentious way of saying it. Okay. Well, I'm gonna say, well, the gala ball... And so at this ball, there was like a complete full orchestra and then a banquet dinner for 400 attendees. After this, immediately, like the word gets out of the influencers of the day. All these rich people start flocking to the hotel. And once there, um, the guests could not only enjoy the quote unquote healing waters at the spa, but there was also like a stable of a bunch of horses they could use. There was dances every afternoon, like very elaborate parties with a full in-house orchestra, like, this place was really just, like, popping off. Something to keep in mind, especially if you go to visit the hotel, is, like, when people would visit these resorts, the point was not to stay in your room. So, like, when we went to visit, the room was decent. It was nice, you know, but it was a little bit small. Granted, they probably would have put, like, one bed in there, and a lot of the rooms are a little bit small, and, you know, there's definitely, like, a hierarchy to the room, so there's some that have a balcony, Mm -hmm. a private balcony, or shared balcony. There's penthouse suites, there's, you know, more luxurious rooms, and then since they renovated the hotel now, there's actually, like, honeymoon suites, jacuzzi suites that are in the old, I think, staff's quarters, but those are obviously, like, a different structure than they used to be. 
keep that in mind when you're looking at some of the architecture of the hotel that the point's not necessarily to be in the room it's to be outside so you'll see the shared common spaces are gorgeous you know very luxurious and the rooms are like "Mm, yeah it's good it's Mm -hmm. a room yep and like you can tell even like today the grounds at Vizalan are pretty huge and so like they Mm -hmm. offer a lot of things like they had axe throwing and there's like of course a pool that's heated for year-round use there's nightly concerts they do movies on the lawn like they still try to uphold that resort atmosphere where it's like yes you have a room but you're actually there for all the other extras that Mm -hmm. are multiple restaurants just social events like there's there Mm -hmm. was like I think a hot chocolate and cider tasting or something the night we were there yeah you can go on like a group wine tasting there's just a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. that you can do to be social so I mean I think that's kind of cool especially during COVID because it's like you did have to wear your mask in the hotel that was required but like you could still go and be social with people and not just be stuck in your room watching TV all day yeah so it really was kind of a neat experience because like as a millennial that travels, usually it's like, we're going to get a budget hotel. And so you're like at a Holiday Inn Express and then you aren't spending any time at the hotel because it is a Holiday Inn Express. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is kind of a cool and unique experience. And like Ashley said, the rooms, they're cute and they're nice, but it's not like where you would want to spend your time relaxing. You're going to go out around the grounds and stuff. Yeah. Pet the cats. Well, historical, because it does have, like, Victorian furniture in it, so it's cool. It's not terrible. You definitely feel like you need to be writing a letter to, like, your (laughs) fucking lover that's off at fighting the Civil War or whatever. (laughs) True. Yeah. But, alas, all good things must come to an end, and then, of course, it's going to come full circle and be a hotel again. But the prosperity that they're experiencing, like upon initial opening didn't last so around the turn of the century people start to realize that the healing waters don't have any sort of special powers at all and that the hotel in the city honestly it's kind of like bullshit they're like this is dumb so little by little people stop coming to the resort because they're seeing that you know it's marketed basically on this big mountain of lies god and i feel like there was a story that the lady told us for the ghost guide too that p- perhaps maybe the waters were mystical and healing at one point, but before the Native Americans were chased out, they kind of like destroyed a lot of the hot springs because they didn't want people to use it that didn't understand like the nature of like the spiritual importance of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe that the magic was just gone at that point, but yeah. Well... And I think part of it was also that, like, when everybody found out about it, because there was even the story about, like, the judge that sat in the tub of water and bathed in, like, the waters for a week, and then he healed his gout leg or something, basically because all the white people came and were disrespectful to the land, that it took away, like, the mystical source of it, or Mm -hmm. that they just, you know, more logically polluted it with their feces Mm -hmm. because they're gross. Yeah. By the early 1900s, the... Magic water is no longer magic and people are have stopped coming. The investors are kind of like, we're over it. And so they decide to get out of the hotel business full time from the years 1908 to 1924 to kind of make up for the money that they're losing on tourism. They decide to utilize it as a women's college. It still functions as a resort during the summer, like peak tourism time. The remaining of the year it is a school for girls, so it was like a boarding school. They'd come and they'd stay and they'd get educated. After operating for 16 years, the revenues from tuition and summer guests still, it's just not high enough to maintain the cost of running such a large building. And after sitting abandoned for the next six years, it briefly reopens again as a junior college from 1930 to 1934. But it's just not, like the cost of getting people up the mountain at the time and getting the resources up the mountain, you know, you're not making your money for the cost that it's taking to maintain such a large elaborate building in such a remote area. It goes and sits empty for another, you know, three or four years when, God, probably the worst person to occupy the space, Mr. Norman Baker, he arrives on the scene, buys a sad empty hotel for the purpose of opening it as a cancer hospital and a health resort. Mr. Baker is advertising these miracle cures that neither require surgery or painful testing. Like, he's really just like a snake oil salesman. He's saying, I'm going to treat your cancer. Just come to this place with these healing waters let me give you my magic medicine. And he alleged that all of these patients would walk away from the resort cancer-free. Guys, no shock here. He's a big fat fraud. Unfortunately, people were desperate. 
if you get cancer, it is the 1930s. Like, modern medicine is not what it is today. You're like, I will try anything. So these patients flock to this hospital, quote-unquote hospital, that was Norman Baker's miracle and full-on scam. This guy has absolutely no medical training. Just full heads up, he is not a doctor in any sense. He's not even a doctor in the sense that he has a doctorate in, like, philosophy or some bullshit like that. He is not a doctor. Furthermore, this guy, he had been convicted, actually, in Iowa in 1936 for practicing medicine without a license. So he has a history. The American Medical Association, they actually start to condemn, like, a lot of the elixirs that are sold for, like, curing different ailments, including cancer. And so while operating this hospital... Baker, he ends up actually being investigated by federal authorities. And then in 1939, after like this big fucking trail of death and cancer patients and people not surviving, obviously, because he's not actually treating their cancer. So you can imagine what the death tolls are. He is arrested, but not for what you think it is. He's arrested for mail fraud. So that's actually what they're able to pin him with. It comes out that, um, Mr. Baker, he made as much as half a million dollars a year selling these miracle elixirs through the mail while he was in Eureka Springs and that he had defrauded cancer patients out of almost $4 million. While no one actually died from his cure, they certainly are dying from his, you know, fraudulent claims of curing him. So, like, he's giving them this miracle elixir, which is probably just, like, water and some additives. So that is not what killed them. It was, like, his negligence, basically. Yeah. So he never gets, like busted for the murder of these people or anything like that because they're dying from their cancer, not from his treatments. He gets busted on this mail fraud and he's eventually released in 1944 from jail. He moves to Florida and then he gets to live comfortably until his death in 1958, which irony of all ironies, guess what he dies from, guys? Cancer. So karma gets him in the end. Unfortunately, I wish it would have gotten him while he was sitting in prison. Just a little bit more about the hotel. So during World War II, it again sits empty. And then in 46, the hotel is purchased by four Chicago businessmen who begin to restore the old hotel. Guys, they're from Chicago. So what does that bring in the 1940s? You get a lot of Chicago mob action happening in this hotel. So again, they don't really go into a whole lot of detail about, you know, the deaths at this time. But you can imagine that with all the gang activity, there is probably some people getting off with Tommy guns, like, over a fucking cigar or whatever. Well, and wasn't it also, like, bedding parlor and whorehouse, kind of? Like, it wasn't just, like, a hotel. It was, uh, it was a mob hotel. Yeah, it was basically, like, a mob hideout, at, essentially, at this point in time. It did, though, start to kind of thrive a little bit again, because after some years of this mob activity... Eventually, the mob gets run out, but it's still functioning as a hotel. So there's like a little blip in time where it kind of, not all the way, but it returns to his former glory of being a little vacation spot. Um, And actually, when you're in the hotel, they have all these like historical newspaper clippings and ads and stuff where you can see like this mid-century like advertisements for people to come vacation in the Ozarks that are kind of neat and it features the hotel. However, after some time, surprise, surprise, tragedy strikes again, and in 1967, a fire sweeps through the fourth floor of the South Wing, and a lot of it's destroyed. You know, this goes defunct again, and over the next several years, it passes through different hands, and some repairs are made and restorations done here and there, and then it just never kind of fully returns to its original glory until in 1997, The inn is purchased by the current owners who restore it. They did a wonderful job, by the way. And Mm -hmm. so after $5 million in renovations, the hotel has been fully restored to the way it originally was. And fun fact, the owners actually have a penthouse on the fifth floor of the hotel. Fifth floor of the hotel? Where they live full time. Fifth or sixth. One of them. Fifth or sixth. They have a penthouse. That's the important part. And they live in the hotel, which is just kind of neat that they put that much care into it, and now they live there. And it's their house. hmm Yeah, so that is the history of it. Lots of death, which <laughs> brings us to the ghosts. There was a lot of them. Like, we heard a lot of stories on the ghost tour. I've got a little bit of a list here, and apparently this is just, like, a very sparse list that I could find because, like I said, there is a ton of death there, so there's probably a ton of spirits and we don't like to know the names of. The 
stories I have here are a compilation of common ones that are told by people that work at the hotel. One of the ones that's cited most often is a red-haired, he's Irish, he's a stonemason, he was young, and he's very handsome. We heard about him on the tour. Apparently, his name is Michael, and allegedly he was one of the original stonemasons that worked on the hotel. However, while he was working, he loses his balance on one of the beams that he's working on, and he falls to the second floor area and unfortunately is killed on impact. So the area that he died now is where room number 218 is. Apparently, this is like the most haunted guest room, the most active one. Michael is pretty mischievous, and he likes to play tricks with the lights and the doors and television. So basically, he's just a poltergeist, like in a friendly sense. He doesn't really want to do harm to people. He just kind of likes to fuck with people. Allegedly, too, he is a ladies' man. So it's more common for him to make an appearance if it is female travelers staying in the room than male travelers. Um, on, on a couple occasions, allegedly witnesses see hands coming out of the bathroom mirror there. It's reported that it's not like a malicious haunting. It just seems kind of like he's playing practical jokes. It sounds like he was a young dude and it was just, just like a frat bro from 1885, like playing jokes and liking the ladies. Mm-hmm. Then another lady that we heard of on the tour, so this is from the days when it was a cancer hospital, there is a spirit of a nurse who dresses all in white, and she is often seen pushing a gurney on the third floor, and she's only ever spotted after 11 p.m., which is the period of time where they used to move the dead bodies out of the cancer hospital. Fun fact, the location where she's seen pushing the gurney out of would have been the pain ward. They had, like, all these steel walls installed in this area of the hospital to put people that were in, like, immense pain and, like, crying out in the night because of their pain. They would just, like, shove them in the pain ward because they didn't want the rest of the patients to hear how fucking miserable they were and leave. So they would shove them in the pain ward, then when people would die, this nurse apparently would load them up on the gurney, push them out in the middle of the night so that no one sees, and then down to the morgue. So this ghost lady doesn't acknowledge your presence when you're there. It's very much one of those hauntings where she's just, like, reliving, I think, her life over and over again. There's been times where she, like, passes completely through people. Again, all of this is alleged. I didn't see anything personally, so I'm not going to be like, yeah, this is, like, for sure the thing that happens. But there's a lot of accounts of it. So she rolls the gurney down the hallway. People like can't interact with her. And then she's spotted sometimes down in the morgue with the same gurney. The morgue itself is actually, you, you can go down in it when you go on the ghost tour. And it's basically like a big walk-in freezer that did function as a walk-in freezer when it was a school and a few other things. So you'd see her down there occasionally. And we saw the laundry room as well. In the laundry room, apparently... Um, Washers and dryers will inexplicably turn themselves on in the middle of the night, and people think it's a ghost, but also those washers and dryers looked fucking old, so. Yeah. I don't think that anyone is, like, ghostly laundry doing, so. I wouldn't anyway. Can you imagine being dead and then your whole life is just, like, doing laundry on repeat? Honestly, I would... Where's the light? Where's the tunnel? I need to go there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Send me. <laughs> Shit, I'll go straight to hell if that's where you want to send me, because I'd rather be there than doing laundry for eternity. So, Dr. Baker. Apparently, he is commonly seen as well. Um, he's usually seen in the old recreation room in the basement or at the foot of the first floor stairway. Apparently, the rec room in the basement used to be his office. So, that's why you see him down there occasionally. And he's dressed in a purple shirt and a white linen suit. Very Colonel Sanders of him. <laughs> and he's always looking a little bit confused. The reason we know that it's Dr. Baker or can theorize that it's Dr. Baker is because people that have seen him compare him to photos of the doctor. And so, for a time, there was, like, an antique switchboard. So, like, um, for those of you that aren't familiar, it's the old-timey phone thing where you'd see, operator, connect me to whatever. And they, like do 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 and do the little cords and like connect it for a time that switchboard was still used and it would continually receive phone calls from what was the empty basement or dr baker's former office they're just convinced that dr baker is still like placing calls from the beyond the dead to like get people to come to his hospital he's like calling you about your car's extended warranty i don't know what he's doing <laughs> but he is <laughs> in the basement making calls 
yet another spirit that is commonly seen. Her name is Theodora. I think she might be my favorite because she seems like a party girl and I like her a lot. So she is often seen outside of room 419. So people report here and there that they see a woman standing outside of room 419 digging through her purse as if she's lost her key. They'll like approach her and be like, hey, ma'am, like, what can I help you with? And she's like, oh, no, I'm fine. But apparently she looks real pissed off while she's doing it because she's lost her key. She can't get into her room. And then next thing you know, she's poof, vanished into the night. Um, Well, and isn't the other thing with that is that 419 used to be a smaller room and then they combined it with another room. So the door is still there, but it's not actually a room mm -hmm. anymore. So she's probably looking for a key to the room that she can't go into. Um, (laughs) Also, allegedly, so this is what the ghost lady told us, but where her room is located happens to be right underneath where Dr. Baker's quarters were. So they don't know that she's necessarily a cancer patient. They think that she is, because based on the way she appears, like her clothing style, they know that she's likely from that period of time where it was a cancer curable hospital. And he says cancer curable, but please know that I'm using it in quotations because it was not. Um, but it's theorized that she was someone that worked at the hospital. Or my speculation is it was Dr. Baker's slam piece. <laughs> That's just my theory. Because he also had a girlfriend. Yeah. But it wasn't her. So maybe Theodora was number two. <laughs> There's another guy. He doesn't have a name. But he hangs out in the lobby And he's often spotted wearing Victorian clothing, complete with a top hat, and has been described as coming down the stairway very slowly and going into the bar. And apparently he has a mustache and people like try to entice him into conversation, but he just has no fucking time for your peasantry. He just wants to go to the bar. So he just sits (laughs) quietly and doesn't respond and then eventually he disappears. There is one other one that is often reported of a young female that once attended the Crescent College and Conservatory for Young Women. And as legend goes, this young girl either jumped from or was pushed from the balcony to her death. Today, apparently, guests will hear the screams as she falls. And the first time that we went there, one of the front desk men, and it was like late at night, And we just went down and we're like, well, what's, have you ever experienced any ghosts here? He told us a story about how he's not only heard of this girl, that he's seen her. And that they hadn't, I think back then they maybe didn't have that story as fleshed out. And maybe not as many people had seen her because they didn't tell it on the ghost tour. But he was like, went outside for a cigarette one night during a function. And he saw the woman fall over the edge and go falling to the ground and he thought it was like Mm -hmm. a person so he like he was like yeah I I shit myself because I was so scared that I was gonna watch somebody die and then like right before she hit the ground she disappeared yikes but apparently there is also a little boy ghost Mm -hmm. and so he was the son of the headmaster of the girls college and he I think passed at the age of four Mm-hmm. Um, while he was residing at the college. Um, and apparently people see him as well. And he likes to, like, push a ball around, which seems like a very cliche ghost boy thing to do. But that's what he likes to do. He pushes a little ball around, and apparently he likes to play with the little kids that come to the Crescent, so. And also bounces ball against the wall and doors and shit, mm-hmm. just being a real annoying little shit. Yep. I guess <laughs> people will call down to the, the um, lobby And they'll be like, hey, there is a kid outside my room bouncing a ball on the door. And they're like, no, there's not. (laughs) You think there is, but no, there's not. (laughs) I want to say the kid's name is Bucky, but I don't think that's right. It starts with a B, and I know it's real weird. Oh, also, apparently there was a ghost cat there. So there was a cat that used to be, like, a hotel worker, quote unquote. He was, like, living at the hotel named Morris. Um, And now if you go in the lobby of the hotel, there's, like, this very stately picture of this orange tabby cat named Morris that's, like, lit up in a gold frame it's very cute they also showed us on the tour she had like the stack of photos that like if she was talking about a ghost or a particular room she's like here's a photo that a guest took we sent it off to our experts to like analyze the picture and make sure it was legit again all allegedly i can't prove that but anyways so she shows us this one picture and apparently this man and wife were getting saucy it was their honeymoon and the woman was modeling lingerie for her hubby. So he was like taking pictures of his little wifey in her little lingerie. 
they did blur out the picture of the woman, so they weren't just, like, handering around a picture of a lady in lingerie. But in the background of the picture, in the reflection of the TV, you can see this inverted photo. So it's, like, upside down as if your reflection would look in a TV if you're familiar with those old tube TVs. And it was, like, this ghostly-looking woman that didn't have a jaw. Like, her face was fucked up, and I'm assuming it's because if, indeed, that was a real photo... The theory is that this ghost was from when it was a cancer curable hospital and so she must have had like some sort of surgery to remove tumors or whatever because she maybe had like a jaw or throat cancer or something. Yeah, and that they had taken out because it's like, kind of looks like a zombie almost like when they're missing Mm -hmm. the bottom part of their jaw. Yeah, it's, and it's it's sad. She wanted to get on on the action. (laughs) Well, wasn't the story with that also that the the owners, the current owners, stayed in that suite the first night or something, and they saw someone standing over them, and when they saw that picture, they're like, that's exactly what was standing over us. Mm-hmm. I can't find the kid's name. It was like Bucky it's or- Brecky, you dumb Something with a B, and it was yeah. weird. And now I'm looking online, too, because they have, like, a gallery on their website of different photos and things, mm-hmm. and it doesn't look like they post any of the photos from the ghost tour on, which is fair. Like, you don't want to spoil yeah. the tour. I did, so I took a lot of pictures of the building, and they tell you to take it in, like, burst mode or whatever, and so mm-hmm. I took a lot of pictures, and I went through all of them, like, all of the different screen caps, and I didn't see anything, which is very disappointing. I don't know if it's disappointing because, like, still the vibe was creepy and it was still a cool experience, but I don't know if it's because it's such an active time at the hotel that it would maybe, like, dampen the spirits wanting to come out to play. Yeah, like, they were hiding. Yeah. We did play with a spirit board in our room, though. Yeah. A pendulum. Okay, so I didn't want to tell you this while we were there because I don't want you to be too spooked, but I do think that I heard the the gurney going down the hallway but okay, i was like wait but i have something to tell you too that i didn't want to tell you okay so and it was one of those things that i like sat up and thought about it in the morning but i think this was when you were out on your little like midnight stroll because you couldn't sleep but i was like laying in the bed and of course like i'm i am forcing myself to keep my eyes closed and then like i'm kind of under the blanket and I didn't want to move because I'm like, if I see a ghost in this room and Ashley is not here for me to immediately like be like, save me, please. I'm sitting there and I'm going to recreate this. I know that you're not going to be able to pick it up on the microphone, but I felt on the end of the bed what felt like something taking a small object and going like, like I felt something on the end of my bed. Sorry, Noodle. My cat was sleeping on the bed. I just disturbed her rest. So she's getting the real experience. But I felt that and I'm like, uh, What? <laughs> and so I just like in in terror. That's why like when you came back, I was like, "Can we turn the light on, please?" <laughs> I was well, like, "Let's just leave the light on." And weren't you also saying that you, while the light was on, that you had your eyes closed and it was almost like something was like walking back and forth yeah. in front of the light? Yeah. So like, you described that pretty well. So when I had my eyes closed and we had a light on. If you close your eyes and, like, pass your hand in front of your face, you can still kind of see, you know, the light changing. And I kept feeling like that was happening behind my eyelids when I was still awake. I'm like, this is weird. So I keep saying that I didn't see a ghost or experience anything. But at the same time, I'm like, maybe I'm telling myself that to make myself feel better. Because I definitely felt something (laughs) being, it felt like either tossed or like a hand, like, slapping the end of my bed. And then the weird light (laughs) thing. Um... So, yeah, that's that's a fun thing. So, back when the hotel was a resort for rich people, they had a doctor on staff in case there was, like, any sort of injury on the grounds or whatever. Again, it's a resort for rich people. They have, like, all these amenities. There was this doctor, and it, he was a nice guy, apparently. So, like, we like this ghost spirit, but he had a, an office on the second floor. People will often see this doctor. It looks like walking in and out of this office. However, for some reason, the doctor does not have legs. It's just an apparition of basically from the torso up, which I hate. But yeah, that's the story. There's a doctor ghost, too. When we were there the first time, I think that's the room that they had, like, the office that they were doing ghost tours out of. Because I think it's one of those rooms where it's, like, kind of small, but then they made it a larger room. Um, mm-hmm. 
because I pointed it out to you when we walked in, I was like, that room used to be where they had the ghost tours out of. And um, when we went for the ghost tour the first time, when I walked into that room, I immediately passed out. It was just like all of my consciousness was sucked out of my body. And like I kind of fell back out of the room and I think one of my cousins or their friends kind of caught me. As soon as I left the room, like I came too. And it was just really weird because I don't usually get like zapped like that from ghosts. Because I've experienced quite a few ghosts in my life. But I was just like, that was a weird experience for me. Hey there, cult fam. Just a little voiceover action from Ashley here. Pausing on a real cute keyframe. I just wanted to make a note that actually, according to some of the experiences had at the Crescent Hotel, this is actually a common occurrence. Sometimes people will just feel lightheaded and pass out with no previous experiences like that or no prior health issues. So apparently it's a fairly common thing to do. And then while we were there as well to go along with the little boy, whatever the fuck his name was. Bracky. It, I think it's on the third floor that they see him, like, rolling his ball and stuff. And while we were there, we were just kind of sitting quietly, just, like, watching to see if anything would happen. And we saw two – it was two children figures, but it's, like, in a movie when it's invisible, but it's distorted so you can see the outline and shape of somebody. But we mm-hmm. saw, like, two children, like, running across the hallway like they were playing. And so we were just like, did you just see that? And they are like, Yeah. Those were the two experiences I had the first time. But also, like, mm-hmm. while you're sleeping there especially, and sometimes you can just kind of chalk it up to being you're in a spooky mood, but it's definitely, it's, like, noisy, mm-hmm. spiritually noisy. I have a hard time sleeping in places like that, and it doesn't have to be, like, a haunted hotel necessarily. Like, there's a lot of places I'm, like, I have a hard time sleeping because it's noisy, and I just, like, feel mm-hmm. fitful because it's, like, I keep getting woken up. And sometimes you feel like someone's standing over you, you know, or you can't really quantify it but that's why I was like I'm gonna go for a little midnight stroll because Mm -hmm. I'm having a hard time sleeping so if any ghosts want to come talk to me please come talk to me and then I can go the fuck to sleep (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know when you said that you were gonna get up and go on a little midnight stroll I was like oh fuck I'm gonna be in here by myself oh shit oh shit oh shit and then she left and I was like literally the second you left I was like the covers went over my head like only my little face was peeking out because I like didn't want to suffocate and I was just sitting there, like, with my eyes, like, forcibly shut, like, dear God, Sky Daddy, don't let me see a ghost while I'm in this room by myself. Oh, I did see one ghost. Yes. So. Okay. Background. While I was booking this hotel room, there is a page on their website as you're booking that's like, do you want these add-ons? And one of those add-ons was a small 10-inch little ghost plushie in a bellhop costume called Henry the Bellhop. And I was like, excuse me, yes. I am going to the haunted hotel. Of course I need the ghost plushie. Is it even a question? No, absolutely not. So I was trying to add two because like, I want Ashley to also have a Henry the Bellhop. And it doesn't allow you to do that on this website. And so when you get to the end of the checkout, it's like, leave a note if you need anything else. And so I wrote this note and I was like, excuse me, sirs or madams, I have requested one Henry the Bellhop. I would very much like to have two Henry the Bellhops because my friend that is coming with me, I think would also very much enjoy a Henry the Bellhop and I refuse to have joint custody. He looks like a very handsome, nice boy. He cannot come from a broken family. We need to. And that's pretty much verbatim what I wrote in the note like so it, it was fucking stupid and unfortunately the day that we're driving we get a call from the concierge and they're like hey there's a situation with Henry and we're like oh shit okay they're like we don't have any Henry's we haven't had any Henry's for a very long time but I can give you this larger one for the same price as a Henry I was like yeah hell yeah I want the ghost and he's like it's really big and I was like, okay, what can it be, like, 24 inches, like, an America Girl doll? Like, okay, sure, <laughs> fine. That's that's awesome. I get a, a ghost plushie that's slightly larger for, you know, the same price. We get to the hotel, open the door, and what do I see? <laughs> Again, sorry for those of you that are listening. I'll do my best to describe, but just bear with my audio for cutting out because I'm backing away from the microphone to show. Um, this monstrosity 
of a four foot tall ghost plushie that will not fit in frame. He has a little sleep hat on and I shit you not, he's probably like, what, 20 pounds? Yeah, no, he's heavy. He's a big bitch. And like, (laughs) I can't tell you the amount of joy. Like, I felt like a kid on Christmas when I opened that hotel room door and this fucking fluffy, (laughs) soft, cuddly bastard was sitting on that old Victorian bed just waiting for me. And I love my husband, but I don't think I need another man in my life. He is my pride and joy, my baby boy. And oh, God. He's got a belly for days. He's a couch ghost now. Like, um, I don't know how my husband feels about it. I didn't care to ask because he's going to sit on the couch for life. And he's so, like a good quality too. He's like squishmallow quality, I would yeah. say. He's very soft. And let me tell you, like, when you left the room, the only thing that kept me alive Sane. and from shitting my pants was having this big fucking security blanket with me. And let me just tell you, as two... One thirty-year-old woman and one twenty-nine-year-old woman. We definitely both travel with a safety blanket. So <laughs> we did, and it was the same safety yeah. blanket too. Yeah, it just happens to be the same safety blanket, emotional security blanket um, that we both had to absolutely yes bring into the hotel and into the Airbnb with us. So that is the story of my new boyfriend. <laughs> Look at this hat, though. Okay, I'm just going to, like, for full scale, stand up next to him. So allow me to back away from the microphone for a second. He's huge. A big, fat boy, and I love him. So the other thing is, is that this originally, I think, on their website was, like, $80 or something. Yeah. It was an expensive ghost man, and... I got him for 25 buckos. So, Kevin, the concierge at the Crescent Hotel, that was his name, right, Kevin? Brandon. Brandon. Sorry, Brandon. Um, You are the real one, the realist, like, real recognized, real my brother. That was a fucking solid that you did me. And I can only imagine it was because you could see the desperation in my note that I had to have a ghost plushie. And that I also maybe, like, mentioned that it was my birthday. (laughs) Dropped that one. So, thanks, man. You're the real MVP. Also, if you're listening, you should definitely message or email the Crescent Hotel and tell them that they need to be- bring back Henry the Bellhop ghost plushies because mm-hmm. I feel like maybe they just discontinued it because it wasn't very popular. But like, yeah, honestly, all of our viewers, you have to do this for us because we probably but will go also, back. <laughs> in that same note, in that same note, make sure to tell them to give Brandon a raise. <laughs> it seems like they actually probably pay a fair wage because when we went to get our second dinner um at the bar (laughs) they were like oh we have this additional tacked on gratuity because we Mm -hmm. tip out everyone throughout the hotel yeah and not just like oh you know only i get my tips it's like everyone gets tips Mm -hmm. and we're like yeah no that's fine because we support our yeah working class also like imagine working at a hotel where you keep having ghostly encounters and like shitting every single pair of broke pants that you own and like not getting good tips (laughs) like they they have to make sure that they're getting paid well because otherwise it would be just too creepy i would like working at a haunt if i had something like that i would probably enjoy it also i will say like every single one of the people that worked there was super nice like, guys, even if you're not into ghosts, just, first of all, the Ozark Mountains, surprisingly very beautiful. Mm. I never thought I would want to go to Arkansas, um, Hello Duggar country, but it was really beautiful, and also the hotel was, like, the staff, everyone there was just, like, really great, so, mm-hmm. kudos. Mm-hmm. Well, and the food was, the food's phenomenal. <sighs> like, their chef is so good. Yeah, well, so we, like Ashley said, had two dinners, so... We got there, and we didn't quite have time for, like, a sit-down dinner before we ghost tour, so we went to, they have, like, a a sky bar. It's, like, an outdoor patio bar. You can get, like, pizza and just, like, pub food, basically, that's just, like, ready to eat. The pizza was so good. So good. Mm -hmm. Definitely worth the lactose sensitivity issues that it caused me. Um, And then after the ghost tour, we're, like, still kind of hungry, so we went down, and basically I got what amounted to... A brownie for dinner because I also ordered a salad at 
to try and maintain the illusion that I was eating healthy, but you know, I just <laughs> ate the brownie. I had like two pieces of lettuce and then ate the brownie. And then I had one of your wings and it was very good. Yeah. And I had chicken wings and it was like, um, like you could tell the buffalo sauce was homemade. So it made it special. But they also have a an Italian restaurant downstairs that you can sit at. And I think the pizza is just the same throughout the building. So like the, mm-hmm. the bar, the sky bar and then the other bar both sell the same pizza. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. I think that the Italian restaurant also sells the pizza. And then in the morning, there was a breakfast buffet in the Crystal Ballroom. And that was really good. Yeah, it was very good. Granted, all I had really was, like, toast and some coffee, but it was, like, all I really needed and wanted in my life. Well, they had, like, uh, egg frittata. They had bacon and sausage. They had biscuits and gravy. They had bagels, toast, English muffins. I think they had some well, regular muffins. Well, they had an muffins. omelet to order, too. Yeah, omelet bar. They had, like, a granola station. Um, there's just, like, a lot of options that you don't normally get at a hotel. Usually it's, like, you get biscuits and gravy, bacon or sausage, and then, you know, maybe some shitty scrambled eggs, but. Yeah, it was really good. Coffee was delicious, and you were served. It wasn't just I mean, you you had to go up to the buffet yourself, but you were served your coffee, mm-hmm. you were served anything else you needed, and I think you could order stuff as well. Yeah, so Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, 10 out of 10. You guys did a great job. It's tarot time, baby, tarot it's tarot time. time. Let's find out what's going to happen this week. For tarot time this week, we have, to start off, I'm going to put these two together, we have the... King of Cups reversed and the Queen of Cups upright. So the Queen of Cups is a feminine energy. That's a very, like, emotionally stable, very emotionally intelligent energy. The King of Cups is a masculine, emotionally unintelligent energy. So you have someone, two people who are kind of tied together, who one is emotionally intelligent, one is emotionally unintelligent. Um, You have the King of Wands reverse, who is just sort of, like, kind of a whiny little bitch man. Like, uh, that's like a guy who is, you know, he's got a little bit of a temper, definitely a man boy. It feels like these are three people in your life. Like there's a female who is emotionally intelligent, could also be a water sign and then possibly a water sign. And then this could be a fire sign. Um, so three people, two masculine, one feminine, feminine is in the center, just kind of has their shit together, is wise. And then... The other two were just kind of whiny little man boys. There's some conflict going on with these personalities. There's some fighting with the five of wands upright. Part of this is that some people are kind of like naive. And so they have an idea of how things should work, but it's not realistic. It's a very childish worldview. They're not really working with the seven of pentacles reversed. They're not really working to make this work together. The page of wands reversed, this is saying like, some of these personalities are withdrawing that they need to maybe um, kind of let go of their selfish personalities with four pentacles reversed. Like there's just a lot of chaos going on right now because of this whole situation because some of these personalities are not coming to terms with like what they need to come to terms with. So like some people are too comfortable with the way that things have gone with the Knight of Pentacles reversed, they need to kind of take some time to reflect and rest and remove themselves from the situation. I think the people who are feeling attacked by the other people need to take some time or not attacked necessarily. It's just like they're annoyed. They're annoyed with the people being stupid. These people that are kind of resisting with the tower reverse they're resisting the change that needs to happen so I think overall it's just that some change needs to happen some people are being immature they're not doing the change they're not doing the work that needs to be done they're not letting go of the things that need to be let go of so I think that is the tarot reading for this week all right sick well on that note guys I'm gonna issue just like one or two quick little fuckies for the week um, first of which is Brian Laundry, who I hope you're okay. So they found their remains this week, we all know. Um, and I'm just fucking pissed that he 
doesn't get to rot in jail. It makes me so mad. So F you to Brian Laundry for taking the easy way out and offing yourself, which is likely what happened. Um, you deserve to rot in hell for eternity. So enjoy your time there um, with Daddy Satan. And I hope that he treats you poorly. I'm going to say fuck you to Walmart. <laughs> uh, just generally for being Walmart, but also because of the grocery incident. Mm-hmm. Because they gave me the wrong shit, and I had to wait for half an hour, and it was just... It was a lot. I'm, I'm doing a lot right now. Okay, well, if you're going to say F you to Walmart, I'm going to say F you to Hy-Vee for being out of the good chicken nuggets. Oh, fuck. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. F you, Hy-Vee. Normally, I'm a Hy-Vee stan, but if you don't have my chicken nuggies, man, you you get out. You just get out. Right the fuck off. Oh, also, uh, a little F you as well. My friend Courtney's Instagram account got hacked, <gasps> and the person is now trying to, like, sell Bitcoin to people using Courtney's Instagram account. So, F you to that person. Courtney, if you're listening. Girl I saw that, sex. actually. Because. Yeah. It got and you're probably too. like, What? I was just like, uh, alright, I'll just ignore this. This seems like a Devin thing. Yeah, no, she unfortunately got her Instagram hacked by some big fat meanie. So, F you to that person. Um, but I think that's all the F you's that I have for the week. So, on that note, you guys, thank you for listening to us tell about our haunted experience at the Haunted Hotel. Um, again, shout out to the Crescent in Eureka Springs, Arkansas for being so lovely and for having so many spooky ghosts. hmm Yeah. So, we'll see you next time, guys. Again, keep in mind for the time being, we are every other week. I think we're going to take the month of December off for the holidays. So, yep. keep that in mind. We will still be here, but not as frequently, but we will still be here, so... That is all I have. So we'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.